We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. Pacer Nation, welcome back to your go-to Pacers podcast. The Indiana Pacers lose 140 to 126 to the Milwaukee Bucks in the longest game that I can ever remember in Pacers history, going about three plus hours here. And there has been a lot of drama that's happening. Fachi, Fachi, just just a weird game overall. It really was. You mentioned long. This this was a really long, dragged out game. Had a little bit of everything except a W. In the column, you know, that matters most. The win column. The Pacers did not come up with this win. They didn't really look like much of a threat. A couple runs here and there. But I think, and I, and I said this before, the Bucks took this game personal because the Pacers had beat them twice this year. The Pacers knocked them out in the in-season tournament. And I feel that Milwaukee really responded. And the days of teams taking Indiana lightly very well might be over. Yeah, I mean, obviously the Pacers have beaten the Bucks twice now, and the Bucks took that loss personally in the in-season tournament game, and, and and rightfully so. I mean, this is a team that's supposed to be a championship contender, and they got beat by a team that's on the, the you know the come up. So, I, I I have no problem with the Bucks wanting to kind of put their their foot down and, and win this game. And I, we talked about how they should have fed Giannis more, and Giannis obviously showcased tonight why that was the case. You know, the Pacers have nobody to guard Giannis onto the Kumpo, even if they want to throw Obi Toppin, Neesmith, Turner. Like, they don't have that guy. And, I mean, there's not a lot of people out there that can actually guard Giannis, but he just – there is literally no one to put any resistance against him. He is just – he's just a bully against the Pacers, and he he's tough when he gets like that. Now, we do I, – I will say this. I wouldn't call it a rivalry yet, but I think we have a rivalry starting to brew. Because in that late third quarter, Aaron Neesmith took a hard foul on Giannis. 
And Bobby Portis was not a fan of it. Bobby Portis got into his face. They both got assessed technical fouls. Aaron Neesmith was given a flagrant foul. And then about maybe two or three plays later, you see Obi Toppin and Bobby Portis chirping after Neesmith threw a bad pass to Toppin. And Portis said something to him. They were talking the entire way down the court. And then eventually Portis said something that the official heard and ejected him from the game. So I kind of thought, okay, now the nonsense is over. Bobby Portis got his craziness out of here. And then we see the Pacers make a substitution, Fachi, to basically clear their bench. They're down by about 20 points at this point, and they're like, okay, we're just going to go to our bench guys here with about six minutes left. We've had a long two weeks on the road, and the Bucks decide they're going to keep their starters. And that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. It was only a 20-point game. But they just kept force-feeding Giannis, trying to get him his career high. He finally gets his career high and breaks the Bucks' career high. They pull him out of the game with about – with three or four minutes left in the game, Pacers go on like a 10-0 run, and the Bucks have to put their starters back in. And then we get some crazy drama. Giannis is flexing after making a fast break dunk, and it's like a 15-point game. It just it kind of felt petty. And then the Pacers just took it to another level after the game was over. Apparently, from what we know, the Pacers took the game ball and went to the locker room because I don't think they were happy with the the classless act of the Milwaukee Bucks and how they handled the end of this game. And Giannis is running to the locker room and pointing and, and shoving his finger in, in Tyrese Halliburton's chest and Lloyd Pierce's chest. I mean, it's just getting kind of crazy out here. So uh, your thoughts on all the drama? I like drama. I like chippiness. I liked when Aaron Neesmith refused to back down. I really do because we talked about that. We don't have an enforcer. What we have is Aaron Neesmith. He's the tough guy on our team, and you, you need more of that. Then you got Bobby Portis with the crazy eyes. Bobby, he's got he's got those eyes that almost come out of his head, and it was only a matter of time before he got ejected because he was obviously, you know, uh, really inserting him, himself in there. And I feel that Neesmith was trying to pick Giannis up. I don't think that he tried to hurt Giannis by, by any means, but the crowd loved it. They, they ate it up. They were chanting Bobby's name, you know, left and right, but I really feel that that pushed Milwaukee forward, and really at that point, the Bucks were able to put the Pacers away, but when you're talking about Giannis, it was tough to watch towards the end, because I just felt like, yeah, they were really trying to run up, can we get him the career high, can we get him 60, you know this, and he's just getting everything he wants, going to the line, the game was over by then. Sometimes I like being a little petty, I'm not a fan of the Pacers taking the game ball, yeah. I think that that's too much that means something to Giannis. That is a career night. That is a franchise scoring night for the Bucks. I don't know how often it is for a team to take a ball afterwards unless it really meant something, and that ball shouldn't have meant anything to the Pacers. It meant a lot to Giannis, so I understand him being ticked off there. But, man, Alex, there was drama tonight, and in order for there to be a rivalry, that means the Pacers need to maintain being a good team this team will meet one more time uh on the year uh they believe they play four times Pacers lead the series two to one we'll see what happens next time but this is absolutely a game you circle on your calendar moving forward yeah for sure and I'm just trying to go through Twitter here to see what's going on see if there's any more updates here but I agree with you the Pacers should not have taken the game ball what's the point you know Giannis whether he got 64 I think that's what he finished the game with Whatever he got, you know, just give the man the game ball. It's not that big of a deal. I don't understand why the Pacers felt the need to take it. I do think that's a little bit over-the-top pettiness. And, 
you know, I'm all for pettiness too, but that just seems a little bit crazy to me. Um, but I get why they were upset. I mean, I'm not one that really cares one way or the other. It's just one game out of 82. So, and you knew Milwaukee was going to be fired up for this game. I mean, I expected this to be a, a blowout, to be honest with you. Pacers have been on the road since last Monday when they, or excuse me, last Tuesday when they left Tuesday morning after the the, the game against the, the Celtics. And they've been on the road since. And, you know, Milwaukee had to kind of go home and, and see the Pacers get that victory over them and then watch them play in the in-season tournament championship. Like, yeah, it meant something to them. And the way the Pacers were just getting all this love and praise, they wanted to make sure they went up there and, and put their put their foot down on their necks and, and just took care of business. And you have uh, you have to give them credit for how they came out and played. And I don't want to discredit Milwaukee at all because I thought they played well. But you could tell there was a chippiness at the very beginning of the game when Tyrese Halliburton um, had a dunk. And Giannis Antetokounmpo did not like how Halliburton was kind of celebrating a little bit. And I don't care what anybody says. If you watch Giannis, as soon as Tyrese walks by, he flexes. Yes. And he kind of gives him a little bit Definitely. of a forearm. It's not like it's a big deal. It's not like he's trying to fight him or anything. He's just kind of letting them know, like, hey, that's not going to happen here tonight. He gets a tech for it. But we've seen Giannis, to me, is an emotional player. And I've seen this right. several times when I've seen him in person because uh, I've been to a lot of Pacers-Bucks games in, in Indiana. And he just is very emotional. He responds super quick, and he's – He's kind of an angry guy. Like he gets angry really quick. So you got to watch it. But I mean, if you just saw how his brother reacted on the sidelines, whenever that, that was a little much, that's what I'm saying, but that's what they come from. So to me, when I see that, I'm just like, okay, uh, you know, they, they're Giannis is a great player, but like, man, they, those brothers, man, they, they, they don't play around. They, they're a little fiery. Yeah. And look, you gotta, to a degree, love your brother having your back and, and things like that. Yeah. Like, that is, is is nice to see, but his brother was making it seem. You would have thought maybe Giannis got shot or was really in danger the way that his brother was having to be held back and trying to run on the court. It was like, hey, man, everything is all right. I promise you. But tempers were flaring. Giannis, very, very passionate. And I feel like this game, unfortunately, meant way more to Milwaukee than it did to the Pacers. This was not a Pacers team that was looking at Milwaukee like in the beginning of the year, being like, hey, this is the, the level of the competition that we have to play up to. We really got to come to rock. I didn't I didn't feel it tonight. But Indiana went up 14 to 6 to start the game. And I felt like wow, okay, never mind. Maybe I'm wrong. After that, I felt like they kind of fizzled out and and yeah, they only trailed by seven at the half, but it felt like Milwaukee was always in control. And then the Pacers made that run to end the third quarter. They went on like a 16 to 7 run. They they chopped it to about 101 to 94. That was as as far as it really got. But man, this was you don't want to discredit Dame. He had 21, but I didn't really feel like it was a big impact. Giannis had his fingerprints all over this game. And to put it into effect because we haven't gotten there yet. Alex, 32 free throw attempts, not for the Bucks. 32 free throw attempts for Giannis. That is a that matched what the Pacers shot. Pacers shot 32 free throw attempts. Usually that's good enough, and you don't complain about it. Giannis mm. did that himself. What are you going to do about that? Yeah, I mean, the Pacers have nobody that can guard Giannis, and that's the problem here. It's like, and that's why we talked about it on our episode yesterday. Like, they've got to go out there and find a second star. And a lot of times we were mentioning guys that could play the power four position or just the four position that can give them a different look, especially defensive-minded guys like Pascal and OG. I know those are two guys we had on our list. So if you haven't listened to that, sorry for the spoiler. But, you know, I definitely will say this. You know, the free throws, it was crazy to me. 
how many free throws were attempted in this game. 60 free throws is going to make it, or excuse me, 80 free throws is going to make a game extremely long. And that's what it kind of felt like. Um, I, I have no problem with, you know, the fouls that were called because the Pacers were fouling. They had no choice but to foul Giannis. Um, I will say this, the only regret, and I told you this off air, the only regret I do have is actually sitting there and uh, my mind was just, I was just curious. And I know this sounds so stupid and so petty because people think that I'm like, uh, on Twitter, Bucks fans were in my mentions like crazy. I'm getting people pulling my profile picture, telling me I'm ugly AF. Uh, oh my I'm a, god! I'm a dumb mother effer. All this stuff. I mean, I'm getting blown up left and right on Twitter just because I actually use the wa- use the clock on my phone to see how long it took Giannis to attempt a free throw, and it was 12.2 seconds. So I I just tweeted it out there because I'm like, it was just in my mind, and I'm like, eh, I probably should have held that one. Uh, to myself, but regardless, I mean, that's just the kind of night it was. You're going to see Bucks Twitter going at Pacers Twitter on social media because of all the back and forth and all that nonsense. But this game clearly came down to, you know, the Pacers had their opportunities to get back in this. I felt in that fourth quarter, they had a nice, or excuse me, that third quarter in there, they had a nice little run, but then they just had like the Isaiah Jackson offensive goaltend when, when McConnell shot was going to fall and he just got a little antsy and started to touch it. I don't even know if he actually hit it or not, but it was really close. And then there was another play there where the Pacers just, you know, missed another opportunity to score. And I was like, man, they had so many little small things here where, or where they could have just got this to like a two point game and they were never able to kind of get it back. But I, I, I was overwhelmed just by how Milwaukee, you know, continues to just look so bad without without Giannis on the floor. And that's what it felt like when he was off the floor, like the Pacers had the opportunity to do it, but they just weren't able to capitalize. And then some of the shots McConnell took, I was like, okay, what are we doing again? This is McConnell. Like, he he should not be having more shot attempts than Ben Matherin <laughs> in a game, uh, or at least just like in those moments right there. I just, especially with that bench, you know, I, I'm trying to figure out the right balance for this team moving forward, but I think in a game like tonight, that's where you really do miss a guy like an Andrew Nimhart. I completely agree. Having Nimhart out there, having Jalen Smith out there, would yeah. would have helped as well. I mean, those are two of the Pacers' better defenders and obviously a big body. Jalen Smith, he's got size. He had played well, and I feel like it already feels like he's been out for just far longer than he has. It, it just feels like it's been an eternity. This was a game that you, you needed big bodies. I mean, Obi Toppin uses up his six fouls. He's obviously overmatched a guy who's already not a great defender by any means you're asking him to guard Giannis at times you're asking Neesmith to guard Giannis he's given up so much size there's nothing the Pacers could have done um but you know you mentioned McConnell's play yeah yeah it wasn't great Matherin at one point had like four four field goal attempts you know we're, we're late in the third quarter he's coming off of a 30 point game I felt like he should have had more shots tonight he ends up scoring 10 of his 14 from the free throw line I just felt like we needed him to really respond on the offensive side of things. But defensively, the Pacers simply just had no answer. And one thing that I found that was very unique, and I think it kind of a little bit quiet. I mean, I get it. Halliburton's playing in front of the home crowd. He had 19 points and six assists, five boards at halftime. Alex, he finished this game with 22 points, seven assists, five boards. It means he had three points and one assist. In the second half, yeah. you're not going to win any game with that. No, and I and I feel like the game was kind of taken away. Like that that third quarter was just not a good start. You know, I, we started off really well, and then like after that, it just like fell that with that that comeback we had. It just kind of fell apart. The Bucks kind of took advantage after that. 
Um, and then you just talk about Tyrese Halliburton. You know, the Bucks did a better job, I think, trying to double team him, get the ball out of his hands a little bit more. We knew adjustments were going to be made to how they defended him yes. because, you know, he just he put Brooke Lopez on Tyrese Halliburton Island, and it was just you know barbecue chicken every game in the in season tournament. And they were going to try to eliminate him because obviously he had a really good first half. I think he had what'd you say he had in the first half? Nineteen points. He had nineteen points, six yeah. assists, five boards. Fantastic. Yeah he, yeah, he was awesome in the first half. And I'm like, okay, I think Miles had a pretty good first half too. So like it was 13 like and six from Miles. Yeah. You're you're expecting like, okay, our guy's kind of like, you know, we're in this, we're down by seven points. We, you know, we withstood a a big run that the the, the Bucks were on, and we were able to kind of get some momentum going into halftime. And then they came out and cut it to one point in that third quarter. So you thought, okay, maybe things are gonna change here a little bit and you know, we were down by 13 in the like late third. And I remember Quinn Buckner saying like, oh, yeah, this is nothing to us. And, and that's kind of how it felt. But um, sorry to go back to the drama, but I'm just getting some more information on Twitter as we're doing this live. And Dustin Dopirek has some quotes from Rick Carlisle. He said, we don't care much about the official game ball. Basically said this could have been resolved without escalating as much as it did, but said he doesn't know exactly how it escalated to that point. Also throws in, Chad Buchanan, Pacers general manager, got elbowed in the ribs by one of their Whoa. players. So by one of the Bucks. One of the Bucks. Oh, this is getting personal. Love me some Chads. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't feel good about this. It's kind of. We gotta weird. respond. Just kind of weird. It is I, weird. All I have to say, just a lot of weird stuff happened in Milwaukee tonight, and you know, I, I think this game definitely went <laughs> meant way more to Milwaukee. Way more. Did, a lot. It's like they were so embarrassed by the Pacers beating them in the in-season tournament that they were like, okay, we really got to hand it to them. And it's like the Pacers are a team that's, like we talked about, on the come up. But now they could be in that conversation of, okay, uh, you know, this is a team that is going to be put on everyone's radar. And that's what we talked about a little bit with this attention they were going to get in the in-season tournament. I think that it's completely true. I mean, in the Giannis era, he, look, he was drafted in 2013 – you know, I, I don't know when exactly the Bucks became like a really, really relevant team, but ever since that Giannis took off, I felt that the Pacers were never a factor for the Bucks to really they, they could look over us. Giannis could be infamous, infamously on the sideline taking pictures in the fourth quarter because it's a blowout. Now the Pacers really made some noise. They ruffled the Bucks' feathers, and that's why people are in your mentions. You know, coming at you because. We beat them twice, and mm -hmm. they took that personally. And I think that tonight the Pacers did not take this. They didn't take going into this game the way that they should have or the way that the Bucks were taking it, and it showed. It really did. Giannis said, hey, you know what? I scored 54 against them the first time. I scored 37 the second time. Like you mentioned, didn't get the ball enough last game. Give me the ball. I'm going to kill them tonight. And that is exactly what happened there is no Giannis stopper. There's never going to be one. But you can't let anybody in this league drop 60-plus on you and attempt 32 free throws. Oh, that this was vintage Lakers, Shaquille O'Neal dominance, where you're putting up 60 points, you're going to line 30-plus times. It was like almost like why would Giannis ever even attempt a three-pointer in this game? He was 0-3. But from inside the arc... He was 20 of 25. So the efficiency that we saw tonight was out of this world. And it was embarrassing. And I really do hope that the Pacers respond after this because they got set down to reality today. And everything is not going to 
be you know riding out on these winning streaks, pulling up sets left and right. The Bucks came to play, and the Pacers, yeah, they scored 126, but it never felt like they were a real threat in this game. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with that. And, and you go back to that point you made about Shaquille O'Neal. Um, we were tagged on Twitter by Tyler Quarter, who also went on Stat Muse and said, who has the most free throws attempted in a game? Giannis Antetokounmpo is 32 is six all time in NBA history for most free throws attempted by one single player in a game. Number one is Dwight Howard. Uh, he's actually tied that twice. One with the Magic, one with the Lakers for 39. Then you got Andre Drummond who had 36 back in 2016. You got Michael Jordan who got 34 free throws in, oh, excuse me, DeAndre Jordan, sorry, in 2015. And then Wilt Chamberlain in 1962. So that's the uh, that's even like, I don't even think Shaq saw these amount of free throw attempts in the Hack-A-Shack era. <laughs> uh, that is pretty crazy. I mean, some of the names on there, like Andre Drummond and DeAndre Jordan, pretty wild. Those guys had had you know some some errors, but also they were known for being really bad free throw shooters. So I feel like that was part of it. Giannis, uh, he, he ain't on that level because he, he was making a good amount of the free throws. Let me, uh, I, I just had it right in front of me in terms of what he shot, but I I mean, Drummond was always historically someone that might shoot like around 40%. Giannis was 24 of 32 from the line. I think Milwaukee would take that any night that they could get it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this 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 was really tough for Giannis to shoot as many free throws as our whole team. And 32, like I said earlier, that's a good amount of free throws for the Pacers. We've had many games where it's like 20 free throws, 25. Yeah, yeah we're not usually a team that gets to the line very often. No. Um so I'm, I'm I'm getting more information, obviously, about this stuff. I'm on Twitter Live. Um, so the reason the Pacers took the game ball was because Oscar Shibwe scored his first two points in the NBA, and they like to give a guy a, a, a game ball for that reason. And there's a picture of Dwayne Washington's game ball that's like, uh, you know, the Pacers did some graphic on it just to kind of make it special for him. So that's why Mike Weiner, Pacers assistant coach, just took the game ball after the game was over. And just walked up the floor and then I apparently Thanasis and Giannis were trying every like running to the to the Pacers locker room and I'm just like okay this is just insane to me like don't you just like tell PR to tell their PR to give it to them and that's kind of how it is like I don't think it has to be as dramatic as they made it out to be so yeah interesting stuff for sure Fachi and I, I really don't have anything else to say this is a game that the Pacers are probably like okay you know <laughs> it was a big game it was a game that they ultimately um, they, they could have won it, I think, if they would have just played smart basketball there the, the rest of the way and been a little bit better defensively. But, you know, there was a play where Matherin got backdoored so bad. He was just ball watching Malik Beasley just cut right by me. <laughs> Tom Beasley caught the ball. He was wide open at the rim. Matherin just realized it. So it's uh, one of those commonalities with Ben Matherin is the ball watching. I didn't really think his defense was great in this game, but, you know, who really was? Maybe we should just... Now look at the rest of the game and just kind of go into what caused the Bucks to put their starters back in the game. And that was the nice run we saw at the end there. Um, thoughts with Jairus Walker, Ben Shepard. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. That is exactly what I wanted to touch on because I felt like they got extended playing times about like six minutes to go. You know, six minutes left in the fourth quarter. We see the youngins come in and Bruce Brown. You know, Bruce Brown was out there, but Ben Shepard, he had it going. He had he had eight points. He finished on three of six shooting. At one point, it was three of four. You know, this man looks good. I feel like that that, that, that we always knew the jumper was good. The three-point shot, I think it's going to be good. For years to come, that was nice to see. Uh, Oscar, as you touched on before, he gets his first NBA basket. At least it makes a little bit sense now that the Pacers did just take the ball. At least there is some significance of first points, you know, technically because obviously it doesn't count against the Lakers. Uh, And then, you know, Jarris Walker. Jarris Walker gets in there, hits a three. It's nice to see. But Alex, four fouls in six minutes. I don't know. Was there any thoughts on that? I mean... A lot of fouls in a short amount of span. Who got four fouls in six minutes? Jarris? Uh, Jarris Walker, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, th- th- there's a reason why he's not playing right now in the rotation. So for every single person that says, oh, why don't we throw Jarris on Giannis? Why aren't we throwing Jarris on Giannis? Everybody was now saying you know that. why. Mm-hmm. That's why. Because rookies don't get foul calls, and they're going to get called f- for fouls every single time. And when you're guarding a superstar like Giannis that a rookie has never experienced guarding, it's not going to end up being a good result. So I think everybody that's just like the idea of Jairus Walker is much greater than the actuality of who Jairus Walker is at this moment. I understand people are really attached to him because he was the eighth overall pick. Some people 
Forget that he was even eighth overall. They're putting him at sixth and fifth overall. Because I, I see that all the time. Like, like we picked him fifth overall, sixth overall. I'm like, no, we didn't. <laughs> he was the eighth overall pick in the draft. But regardless, it doesn't matter where he was picked at. It's just this team right now is trying to balance winning and development. And I say that almost every podcast because I feel like I'm constantly getting comments about why isn't Jairus Walker playing and why isn't Jairus this? Look, Jairus has good feel for the game. Jairus is a good young player, but he's not ready for meaningful NBA minutes right now on a team that's trying to make the playoffs. So I understand why the Pacers are not force-feeding him into the rotation. They're better off. They are with Obi Toppin and Aaron Smith if they're trying to win games. So, you know, kudos to, to Rick for allowing uh, Jairus to get those six minutes of experience, but to get four fouls on six minutes, that's exactly why he's not seeing the floor. And I'm not trying to, you know, kick the guy while he's down, but it's just like, pump the brakes, people. Like, I, I think that a coach like Rick Carlisle, who's been coaching for decades, knows a little bit more than anybody on their couch. Absolutely. Rick's a Hall of Famer, okay? He's won a championship. He'll take his spot in the Hall of Fame. Creeps up the, the, the NBA wins list, you know, what, what feels like every couple of weeks. Jairus Walker's not ready. He's not ready. Like I said, the three-point ball, it, it was nice that we saw that. But that's all we really got to see that was positive. The four fouls. And, yeah, look, it is a tall task at times guarding Giannis. But I think the problem is you see Jairus Walker. Walker score 30 points, have a good game, you know, for, for the Mad Ants. And and all of a sudden it's like, he's ready. Put him in there. No, he he's not. He's not. He's just simply not ready. And I think that right now, if Jairus Walker is playing more, could he develop more? Yes. Are the Pacers going to be a better team? No, not right now. So little bits of time, like tonight, I feel like probably good experience for him to be like, whoa, this game's still coming fast, and defensively, maybe I'm not as far as I hope to be, but there'll be other opportunities, and I know that does, that doesn't sound like the thing that everybody wants to hear, but we're 13-9, and nine, guys. This is not like we're this 500 team that's not playing Jairus Walker. We're still winning games. So right now, if the Pacers were to uh, finish the season, they'd have a good record overall. Like If, if you were to you know expand this over 80, 82 games, it'd be nice, but... Right now, we need to focus on winning. And Jairus Walker isn't a player that's going to help you win right now. Yeah, and and that's the thing. And that and that's it's it's hard to hear that because fans are excited and they got to see Matherin last year going to get this moment to to shine with the second unit. But number one, Matherin I think is just was more ready than Jairus Walker is right now. And number two, I think the Pacers were in a totally different spot last year entering the season than where they are this year. So. Um, that's, that's pretty much all I will say on Jairus Walker, because obviously we, we've said, okay, if he doesn't get the experience, how will he get the, you know, how will he get to improve? How will he develop? Well, it's just going to take time. And I think it's so hard for people to be patient. Like what is it? Game 20, game 21, something like that we're in right now. So we still have like 60 games left this year. People just need to pump the brakes a little bit. Enjoy what you're watching. This is a fun Pacers basketball team that they've gotten a lot of attention, whether it's, you know, like negative kind of like tonight with the whole stealing the ball. And now you got worldwide Wob over here cracking jokes, saying that the Pacers staffer had a Bucks quarter zip on and took the game ball because there is a, a video of a, a Bucks staffer grabbing the game ball from the referee uh, and, and whatnot. I'm just saying, if you want to get all caught up in this, you know, it's obviously hard not to, it's just a lot of weirdness, but this game right now, it's just, 
it did kind of show you like when the Bucks want to turn it on and become that top upper echelon team in the Eastern Conference, they can do it. And the Pacers, uh, they just don't have any answers right now for no. for competing with that type of a team. Despite how exciting it is to 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 see the Pacers grow and become a fun team to watch and potentially make a playoff this season, we're not there yet. But I do love the competitiveness of this team and the spirit of this team because most most former Pacer teams would have backed down and been down by forty points against Buck and the Bucks in this one. But the Pacers were just scratching and clawing Fachi to keep themselves within an arm's distance, and you know eventually it got too far away. But when you have to literally bring your starters back in because the third string is beating your third string and like go on a nine Oh run in like a minute. I I understand. I, I, I just love the way that this team competes. They, they didn't roll over and die. They, they, they fought, they scratched the clawed, like you mentioned And that, that was good to see. That is worth something. I want to see how they respond after tonight. Pacers did give up 70 points in the paint and, uh, you know, uh, another ton at the free throw line, 37 points at the free throw line. So it, it was uh, it was a game that I think you, you can say you can learn some stuff from of, hey, we got to be able to hit back. Who's going to – how do we stop a guy when, when one guy is really going off killing us? I, I think we want to see can the Pacers get timely stops. They're not going to be able to stop Giannis, but it comes down to a point now you played him three times. Two of those times he scored 54 to 64 points that's just not acceptable it, it's got to be that now it looks like the, the the magic number is could you hold Giannis below 40 next time feels like a reasonable task but at the same point you know easier said than done I, I'm looking forward to being able to move past this guys sky isn't, isn't falling Pacers are not going to win every game but we have a nice little tune-up next it's the Washington Wizards it, game that the Pacers should absolutely respond. The only thing that could possibly stop them is the fact that I will be in the building. <laughs> Alex, when the Pacers need a win, I'm typically not the guy that you want to be there, but I can't think of a better game to end in the streak than a team that has three wins and uh, doesn't have much going for them. So this is how the Pacers respond and break that streak. Yeah, a couple things for you here. Number one, I hope you bring an ice pack to the game in case you do see Chad Buchanan say, hey, this is for your yep. rib. Uh, yep. Let him know you're thinking about him with that, with that rib that he that elbow he caught in the rib. And then number two, uh, we just saw a streak get broken the night, Fachi. Is there a chance that that streak is broken on Friday? I mean, two streaks getting broken back to back. It's kind of kind of questionable. Aaron Neesman, double figures tonight. First time the Pacers have taken an L. It's over, and, and it hurts. What a run it was. You know, I could see, like, a little montage playing in my head right now. Neesmith scoring in double figures and all the good times we had with it. But the Bucks, they, they, they took they took the game from us. We we might have taken that game ball, but they took Neesmith's double-scoring double streak in wins. It's very unfortunate now. The only streak that we could end is the fact that the Patriots have lost the last five games that I've attended over the last few years. And, and it's going down. All streaks are meant to be broken eventually. I'm ready to get this one off my uh, off my back. You think the way this game kind of finished out here in Milwaukee is going to be motivation for the Pacers against the Wizards? I think it's got to be because that is a team that you could be like, all right, you know what, we just got dominated. Now let's go out and dominate another team. You know, yeah. how, how can we respond? And I think that this is a Wizards team that if three wins, three 
wins. One of them is at home. So it's not like, oh, it's a different team when they're at home. No. They, they, they don't have much going for them. They lost by 20 points tonight to the Pelicans. It was 142 to 122. This is a Pelicans team we just saw lost by 40 to 50 points against the Lakers. So I feel good about the Pacers being able to have a night, rest up, go into Washington, handle business. Yeah, they needed this game to kind of – I think they needed this Washington game to kind of just clear their minds from this Bucks whole fiasco, and then they're going to have a tough game Saturday night against Minnesota. So yeah. just kind of end that long road trip, get home, but then Monday they're wait, waiting their form as James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul and George from the Clippers. So it doesn't get easy, and the schedule is just going to continue to be hard. But I'm hoping that the Pacers can just take care of business against Washington because if they don't, and that's – that could be a sign for things to come like not a, not a good stretch. And I think we're going to remember that. So they got to win this game in my opinion. So if, if you feel like they're about to start losing, I beg you, please just get up and walk into the main con- concourse or something like get out of the arena. Yeah. We yeah. Can't, I know you paid big money for these tickets, Fachi. I know you did, but my goodness, I mean, please don't, don't do this to us. I know, and you know, I've I've been a part of of many players' career highs, so I I, I don't know. I randomly tend to be someone who comes there when you know Matherin's dropping thirty ish and Turner had like forty two or whatever it is. Guys, go walk Duarte. The best game you ever had. I was in the building. It's just unfortunate we lost. We you know, we we come up short in those games. So I don't know who's gonna go off. Someone's gonna do it, but there will be a W in that win or loss column. And I, I I I feel that we got a problem if the Pacers lose this game because at this point it's going to be hard for me to show my face in an arena again when the Pacers are playing. Give me your prediction for career high. Who who has it when you're in the building? Ooh ooh, who's the guy? I'm Is gonna he... I'm gonna say Bruce Brown. He's been playing I... absolutely terrible. And <laughs> yes, be, he has. And it would be just like so poetic for him to have another great game against the Wizards. I think that was his best game. No, actually, the Heat game was pretty good for him. But yeah, the, the, I the Wizards Bruce, game to start Bruce the Brown. year was big for him. I, I, Bruce was a name that rushed that came through my head. The other one was Obi Top, and I just I feel like it'd Obi. be like one of those. It'd be like one of those type of guys where it's like, okay, it's not Tyrese. Like it's not like Matherin or Turner. But, yeah, I, I could see that. One of those guys, like maybe like Obi Porzin, I don't know. I guess at that point he killed us last year for like thirty-five or thirty-six. And we would need like a forty-point game. Is. Yeah, it's it's probably against the Pacers last year. I feel like he put on a show, but Bruce Brown maybe like thirty-five or so. It could be his career high. We'll we'll see. Um, but you know, either way, I'm looking forward to the Pacers responding because you mentioned that the Minnesota game. It ain't going to be easy. This is a game that you got to have. You don't want to say it's a must win, but you want to respond in this game. So I'm excited for it. Yeah, Bruce Brown's career high is 31 points. I think we talked about that not too long ago. I'm looking up Obi Toppins right now just because I'm curious. Um, Obi Toppin career high is, ooh, 42 points last April against the Raptors. 42. I mean, it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to imagine Obi scoring like 44 or like 45 points. Uh, now he's just really not that involved. But he, he he's dropped had, he's 35 something. last year on the Knicks. On the on the yeah, yeah I mean on, on the, the on the Wizards. Sorry, on the, on the Wizards. Goodness okay. gracious, that was in 2020. Actually, yeah, these were in I'm, 2022. 2022 is when he did that, not last year. Okay. Yeah. Well, 
hey, we'll we'll see what happens. But I also loved that you had like the the Bruce Brown tracker over like the last five or six games, what he was shooting. I didn't know if you were just editing it as the game went on, or maybe you would just edit it at one point, but I saw there was like the edit mark and it was just great to see that being updated. And I know he ended up having a couple of baskets in this game. Those were in garbage time. He yeah. had one made shot when, when this game was any, any meaningful at all. The other baskets were with that third string unit uh, at the end when he was like the lone veteran with the group. So Tough showing offensively. I know he had nine assists, eight boards. Yes, it's definitely worth something, you know, but overall shooting-wise, it's been tough lately. Yeah, for sure. No, I actually edited it because I had said the last five games and I meant the last um, – ah. I had said the last six games, I meant the last five games. So I was including the last four plus this game here against Milwaukee. Um, the the, the sixth game ago was the game he went off in Miami whenever we didn't have Halliburton. So – that's kind of an anomaly to me because like, everybody shot stupid that night, but he's re- and he actually didn't play bad against Miami in the game before that either. So maybe just a good matchup for him. But uh, since the Miami games, he's been pretty bad, and that's been uh, that's been since the end season tournament run and on. So kind of when you felt like he might be the guy to step up when you need him the most, um, it's not really been that way. So um, we'll we'll see what happens with Bruce Brown. I mean. I'm not freaking out about it, but the numbers have just not been great. But, Bocci, let's go ahead and wrap this one up. This recap was an an interesting one. It was a weird one. We had a lot of drama going on. We had a lot of basketball that we didn't even get to talk to because there was so much drama that kind of overshadowed that. But, you know, 140 to 126 is the final score. The Bucks win. Giannis Antetokounmpo scored a career high and a Bucks franchise record high, 64 points on 20 of 28 shooting. So tell the people where they can find us at on social media. Absolutely. So you can find us on Twitter at Pacers Pod STP. You can find Alex on Twitter at Alex Golden NBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore FACCI. You can find us on Instagram at Pacers Pod STP. You can find us on Facebook at Set the Pace. You can find us on TikTok at Set the Pace. And Alex, tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. Go to youtube.com slash setting the pace of Pacers podcast where you can see my ugly slash beautiful face wherever uh, <laughs> if you want to see it and it'll be on there for you guys. So um, we uh, always appreciate that. I'm sure there's going to be Bucks fans that are tuning in just to make fun of me. So uh, Milwaukee Bucks fans, if you made it this long, thank you so much. But Bocci, can't close out today's show without giving a shout out. It is 1149 Eastern Standard Time, only 11 minutes left to celebrate your wife's favorite singer of all time taylor swift 34 years old today happy birthday taylor swift really surprised i didn't hear more about that december 13th Um, 1989 interesting well yeah this is the first time i've heard about that today i don't know i I don't think she brought that up to me maybe i tuned her out i really don't know i mean look sometimes that happens when you get married she probably said something i was probably in the middle of something i don't know (laughs) <laughs> Happy birthday, Taylor. Almost missed it. Hope you had a great one. I'm sure you did something fun. Uh, any, anything is better than losing to the box and giving up 60-40, Giannis. Yeah, I guarantee whatever Taylor's doing was way better than what we got to witness tonight. But, Fachi, go ahead. Let the people know. Um, I guess we already did that part. But um, I'm excited for the next game against the Wizards. It's getting late. It's 11.50 right now. So uh, if you're hoping the Pacers get back on the winning track and beat the Wizards and break the Fachi curse, then hit me with those three words. Let's go Pacers!
setting the pace, going to the top. Setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast. Sweeping every team. We gon' need a mop. Smooth.